Hello there, listener. Welcome to another episode of the Switch It podcast, where this week we will be attempting to answer one of cricket's great imponderables. Which test team is more madcap, maddening and mystifyingly mercurial, England or Pakistan? It was the old escape to victory routine for Joe Root's side, complete with Joss Butler doing a Sylvester Stallone impression with the gloves. But Butler redeemed himself with his batting and Chris Wokes just did Chris Wokes things to leave Pakistan in the familiar position of casting around for a scapegoat of their own. Maybe the only surprise is that we were surprised at all. Joining me in the search for deeper meaning are Osman Samiuddin, ESPN Crick Info's senior editor, who long ago learned to take the Zinder good with the Zinder bad, and pod stalwart Mark Butcher, <laughs> doubtless desperate to play some shots after a weekend of asking the questions on Sky's debate programme. <laughs> are we well, guys? London in the sweltering heat is lovely, isn't it? Oh, yeah. This is this recording is the only reason I'm wearing clothes, by the way, Alan. Thanks. I'm I'm actually not wearing clothes. <laughs> Cheers, Butch. <laughs> well, I mean, it's 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 one for the uh, imagination of our listeners, isn't it? Really, I, I we'll just leave that there. Uh, <laughs> some of this is being recorded, so, uh, <laughs> but only from the neck up. Um, in in uh, yes, in the back to back to back buffet of Test cricket. Uh, Oz, this was this was one to linger over. Yeah, it was a great test match. It it was a great test match, and there was you know there was there was a lot of Pakistan fans doing their Pakistan fan things about just like just the trauma of this defeat, and you know comparing it to other defeats and stuff. Which I mean, you know, it, it's fair enough. But I think one way to rationalize it, uh, and and you know you you look at kind of the mistakes that they made, but I think the easier or the rational way to rationalize it would just be to say that Butler and Wilkes had like, an, it was an amazing stand that won it. And yeah, the batting lost it for them on the third day. And, you know, Azrali's captaincy wasn't great on the final day. But ultimately, I think if you have Joss Butler reverse sweeping Yasser Shah out of the rough from, from around the wicket and he's taking that chance and it's coming off, then you just got to stand back and say, okay, he's, you know, he, he's played a bit of an innings there. And yeah, they deserve to win it ultimately. Um, it, it was a lot of fun over over four days, Butch. Is this what happens when the resistible force meets the movable object? <laughs> well, yeah, I guess. I mean, I, we, I, if you if anybody saw um, the legendary um, uh, Peter Sellers tribute act that Bazid Khan was on uh, on the debate show this week, um, you, you would know that I kind of I put it to him on day three when he was he was grinning like a like a Cheshire cat with Pakistan 240 ahead that they already had had plenty and I kind of said to him I said mate but you know you could get bowled out for 150 and lose a test match England England would do the same thing in your position you know, it would, <laughs> you know these, two, these two teams are just are just as likely to do something completely daft um, as each other uh, and, and so it proved um, the, the batting was curious, actually, on day three. I mean, that's kind of where I'd start, because Pakistan, up until that point, had, had battered England. England were nowhere in the Test match. Um, and even eight down on on whatever night it was, because we all were starting Test matches on all different days, so I don't know where we are anymore. Wednesday, Thursday, <laughs> Friday night. There we go, Friday yeah. night. Um, you know, England was still out of it, but Pakistan had just it had not only sort of like left left the key and keys under the mat. They'd kind of they'd kind of left them in the door with all of the <laughs> windows open, with big neon signs going "Steal all my stuff." 
here, this way. Um, and, and so, you know, it was just, it was the most bizarre batting performance um, that, that you could wish for for them on that Friday. It was almost like we're 107 ahead. We have literally no idea what to do from here. Um, and, and, and that's what happened. Um, and England sort of gratefully, you know, even even then, you know, the 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 thirty odd runs that that Yassir smashed in the morning, and everybody again is reaching for the reaching for their phones and in a in a in a in a desperate bid to have a, a massive go at Joffre Archer for his first over. Um, it just seemed like well, that's you know they've they've got plenty, they've got more than enough. Five down for hundred and twelve, you've got more than enough. The game is over. Pakistan doing sort of vintage Pakistan things, and then they just disappeared. Joss Butler kind of came out with a with all of the pressure in the world on the world on him, apart from the fact that there was nobody else in the bubble that had played any cricket um, that could possibly have taken his place. So actually, it was under no pressure whatsoever. Um, <laughs> and uh, you know, and, and they decided not to not to try and bowl fast at, at Chris Wokes when he first walked to the wicket, which was was a bizarre error considering the way that he played Nassim in the in the first innings. But having said all of that that they played absolutely magnificently. There's no right for England to have won that Test match. Um, and, and the two innings that those two, two guys played were, were as good as anything um, mm. that happened in the previous summer um, because, it, because it was really, really difficult. Ball turning square, pace, not so much reverse swing, which Wazim Akram, um, <laughs> that made me laugh. Did anybody else have a massive chuckle to themselves when Waz, Waz could be heard opining that they don't know what they don't know what they're doing? They don't know how to look after the ball properly. Who, I've been who's looking them. after the ball? They've who's looking been, after? They've not been doing it properly, and I was just I was crying, crying with laughter. So they just hope that these guys. I hope they haven't got any idea what they're doing when it comes to the dark heights of nefariously altering the shape of the state of the ball. He might as well have just stood there and said it. Um, but it was it was gold, and as you can tell. As you can tell, I've kind of I've been desperate to kind of talk about it rather than ask other people to talk about it because it was it was a what a what a great test match, awesome. <laughs> <laughs> um, Osmond, I think you're right to to, to start at the end. Um, England 117 for five, and, and Ollie Pope's just been you know had his glove blasted off by one. Um, from from that point on, I mean, you both said Wokes and Butler deserve a lot of credit, but. Uh, how much were the the sort of the bowling plans, the the captaincy decisions, uh, and or Pakistan just sort of um, collectively blinking at the wrong moment uh, to to blame uh, from that point on? Do you think? Um, yeah, a fair bit. You know, as a, as a Ali, you know, there, there, there's been there's been a, a school of thought out there that says that he's not really a, a captain. You know, he's he's captain Pakistan and ODIs before, and he wasn't great at it, and. I, I think once when he was offered the test captaincy before when Sarfraz took over, he'd actually said no because he wasn't sure that he'd be able to do it. And I think there's, you know, he, he's, a, he's a great player in the sense that, you know, works hard, does it for the team, but he's just not, I don't think, a, a great captain of any kind. Um, and you know, there's, there's other questions about his batting, especially over the last couple of years. But, you know, as, as a captain, I think people were expecting him to do exactly what he did ultimately, which was to kind of not recognize the moments at when to really go after him. You know, not bowling Naseem Shah or not even getting Shah, uh, Shaheen Shah Afridi to just go hard at Wokes' body to bowl bounces at him. That was, you know, that, I mean, that was something that people were talking about when there were 20 runs into their partnership. And that was probably too late then. Um, you know, he should have gone at him harder much, much earlier. Um, and, and, and then the rest of the captaincy, I don't, you know, Butch, you're probably, you're probably better placed to kind of note this. But I just feel like in the last, in the last five, six years, um, if you're going to win a test match like this, 
uh, you know, with, with wickets down and a stiff target ahead and tough conditions, attacking is probably your best way through it because a lot of captains immediately go on the defensive when, you know, somebody takes the counter to them. So, so Stokes last year, um, with Tim Payne's captaincy, uh, even Faf Duplessis when Pereira did his thing in South Africa. So, you know, for, for him to kind of then get into that shell after that, to me, it just seemed like the modern thing for, for a lot of captains to do. <clears throat> There's very few captains who kind of go even harder than before. He yeah. missed a few things. He missed a few tricks for sure. Um, I, I don't have any doubt about that, you know. Uh, bowling Yasser from from round the wicket for so long at Butler. I mean, I can see that they were trying to just restrict Butler to just play the one shot on the leg side, which is a sweep, and maybe get an edge. But I just feel like on that surface, did Yasser need to be going round the wicket that often and that hard and that long? I don't know, you know. So th- definitely there were some, <clears throat> some errors there, which, like I said earlier, I, I don't think any of us were very surprised with that, that you know, that Azhar was at kind of the, uh, the forefront of it. I, and I think what you've... What, uh, sorry, okay, what, you've, what you've got is what you've got is a uh, some conventional wisdom in terms of captaincy, which goes back over a hundred and something years, i.e. that teams just don't chase down totals of more than two fifty on turning decks in the last day, or in the last day of any test match, really. Mm. Um, sort of that running into running into the sort of the, the, the modern day any chase is possible mentality. The two yeah. things are kind of have bumped into one another. Um, and the reason perhaps why Azarali and Pakistan, because, you know, even though the bowling unit is pretty inexperienced, there's a lot of experienced heads out there on the field. You get a team five down and Chris Wokes walks in at number seven. That's right, isn't it? Seven. Yeah, yeah. You kind of think the game is up. And so you kind of, you sit back a tiny little bit and you, and, and you just wait for them to mess it up. You know, that's conventional wisdom is that's going to happen. You're not chasing that many. The ball's turning. We've got it up and down, the rest of it, right? Whereas the, the, the modern batting team goes, well, that they've got players, for example, who can score hundreds from 40 balls. And they kind of go, well, we're going to go down swinging. And so mm. they swing or they hustle or they do whatever they're going to do. Mm. And before you know it, you've lost the, the train is moving so fast you can't stop yep. it anymore. Um, and and that's, that's the convergence of the, of the new and the old happening. Um, and so, you know, it's funny actually because I, I look at um, Andrew Balburney, right? This is a weird little segue, and we wouldn't have been expecting Andrew Balburney <laughs> against England twice in the one-day series just gone at the, mm. at the Aegeus Bowl. Twice, his team were in a position where England should have pulverised them in the second one, one-day international. They won the second one anyway. Yeah. And the third in one-day international where England uh, Ireland chased down three hundred and twenty-nine when. Under under a less modern captain, England would have got 380, 400 in that test match, in that uh, one-day international. But Balburnie decided, well, they're going to get millions anyway. Let's just keep them up. Let's keep the fielders up, and they might lose a few wickets. England lost a few wickets and only got 329. Mm. Ireland chased them down, right? And so that's the perhaps a less a less sort of traditional or, or a captain that is not as old as somebody like uh, like Azarali might have looked at it in the way that somebody that uh, Andrew Balburney did and go these guys are going to keep <laughs> coming let's just keep them up and that way they'll be more likely to make a mistake right and so that I think that's what happened you know he had he had all of the armor he had everything he needed mm. really mm. i mean and the only the only time i really thought to myself he's he's having a nightmare here is when it kind of when it started to get very very close and then he was throw he threw the ball to 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 Shadab to yeah. Shane Shah Afridi and to oh, Shadab yeah. 
Now, under the circumstances where, where England started to tighten up a little bit and their run rate slowed down dramatically, almost halved, when the end got in sight, you then go to you go to Mohammed Abbas and you stay with Yassir, with with with, um, with Yassir, right? Because you've got you you've got the one bloke who gives you nothing and you have to play a you have to play a reckless shot to score against in Abbas and you've got the other bloke who's most likely to to bowl you out and those two are the guys that finish it for mm. you because if England are going to panic you have to stop them from you have to not give them anything and uh, and Shaheen Shahafridi is angle you know across the right hand a bloke speed off the ball the ball bounces and pings off everywhere the scoreboard kept going and England didn't have to panic there was no panic involved at all so that that was where I thought he made it that Azar Ali made the, the crucial mistake I think um, you made a really good point there about about Andy Balburnie and I think you know Azar doesn't play any white ball cricket at all mm. um, and I don't, I don't know if that fed into it because he, he was kind of con- confronted by a white ball situation almost in the in the way they were batting at least and and because yeah. he doesn't you know he hasn't been part of the the ODI side for like three years now, never really played T20 as a serious thing. Maybe that played into how he, how he led in that situation. Mm. You know, because uh. Joss, 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 unsurprisingly, found himself in a situation where he had a target and he had a time limit. Mm. Sort of. You know, we'll forget that. <laughs> well, part. yeah, the, the second new yeah. ball was a time limit, essentially, wasn't it? Well, exactly. The, the, time ball, limit, yeah. the time limit was the second new ball. And so he, yeah. he, just, he just coldly calculated, well, okay, this is what we do. This is the speed that we need to go at. We keep doing that. We'll put them under pressure, and we'll probably win the game. And and you know, that's what he did. Mm. Um, Assassin-like sort of a, a, a figuring out of the situation. But had he kept the field up, as they don't do in one, as normal captains don't do in the one day, they let you hit it through the field, through the offside for one to the sweeper. You can get runs wherever you want them. You force him to actually hit more big shots. If you look through Butler's innings, how many times did he bang it over the top? How many times did he do anything outrageous apart from the reverse sweeps, which yeah. he will tell you is not outrageous anyway. That's, just, that's, as, that's easier to him than playing an extra cover drive. So he didn't have to because he was just given runs wherever he wanted them. And, and there you have it. That's kind of the, 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 the scenario that he, that he found himself in and that he is utterly brilliant at exploiting. Talking of captaincy, I think um, that was Joe Root's words to Butler on the way out. Were, were you know, this is a one-day chase. Uh, chase treat it that way a lot. Something along those lines. Mm. Um, uh, Oz George uh, wrote that um, Butler's innings. Well, he didn't think it was that special. Uh, you know, a couple of those top edges could have gone anywhere. So but <laughs> perhaps that was that, that. That was the the main problem that there weren't a couple a couple more catches in. Well, um, I, I, yeah, I, yeah. Go on. Sorry. Go on. <laughs> no, 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 please take it up. He had he'd, sp- he'd spent the week writing some rather unpleasant stuff about Al Jossini. He must have been jumping up and down in his cap when the when the when that run chase was going well, on. I mean, you know, get he, him he out, was saying for God's that. Sake, get yeah. him out. Bull there, him. Bull there. No, I mean, you know, Butch said it just now. I, I think the basic difference is in how you look at it. Joss Butler sees a reverse sweep of a leg spinner out of the rough as not a risk. He sees it as his option, as his get out mm. option. In fact, it's his way out of risk. Uh, and, 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 you know, uh, there's still people out there who think that, no, nah, well, it's a risk. But it's not 1987 anymore, you know. Like, Mike, Mike <laughs> Gatting did that, like, in the 87 final, and people kind of poo-pooed him away, saying, you can't do that. Well, you know, I mean, Josh Butler did it. And sure, he got, like, there was a couple of shots that went close. I think there was, well, there was one reverse sweep that went just mm-hmm. past Sean Masood at point. Um, but it was about a foot away, foot to his left. And there was another one, there was another conventional sweep, which landed just beyond Abid Ali, I think. Um, but you know, you, I mean, those are the kind of chances any innings throws up. You know, there was nothing. There was no drop. There was no LBW referral, which was like turned down. Um, and he, 
it, it was. It really was. I mean, you know, for whatever the captaincy and, and that, that was a good attack. I don't think it was an easy surface to bat on because there was always a ball out there that did something. Um, and he was up against, you know, he was up against Yasir Shah takes for like five and a half wickets a test match. This mm-hmm. is, and whatever, you know, however bad Yasser's form has been over the last two years, it, you know, if he starts getting wickets in a match and he's feeling good about himself and he scored some runs, he's going to bowl well. Um, and it was genuinely, genuinely tough to keep him out. And Josh Butler came out and he did the best thing that, you know, he thinks he can do, which is to, to Josh Butler his way out of it. I mean, it was, I, I, you know, I know George was kind of playing it down, but I, I genuinely felt that it was just a really, really outstanding innings. Um, and, and Wokes as well. Wokes, you know, he's boring old Wokes. Nobody ever talks about him. We've not talked about him at all so far. <laughs> yeah. But some of the timing of, on those cover drives, the timing of those cover drives, was just like, why are you at number seven? Why are you even a bowler? Like, why are you not batting number three? You're better than the openers that you have. Like, he, well, that, he, literally, now, he was better than Sibley and Burton's. Now, there's something that George will heartily agree with you on. <laughs> the nicest man in all of cricket, Chris Wilkes. Yeah. I think yeah, my, what, my analogy was that, that what, was, what was the thing? I got a bit of stick, actually, because on the, uh, on the show, I, I sort of introduced it as, you know, that, and, you know nobody, no, Chris Wilkes as being nobody's idea of a hero. And a few people talked that as I was slagging him off. It was kind of like, no, no not, not at all. I mean, he's, 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 he's Clark Kent to Stokes' Stokes's <laughs> Superman. Yeah. And that's, that's kind of, you know, the fact that he's better looking yeah. than both Christopher Reeve and Ben Stokes is, nothing, is no, neither here nor there. Um, but, you know, he's, he's just, he's one of those guys. And I, I think also, here's, here's a little thing for you. And again, I, I, this is for the, for the George DeBell fan club, is that... Um, the, Chris, if you watch Chris Wokes bowl in the winter, his numbers overseas, as bad as they are at the moment, will not stay that bad. Because um, I thought he bowled magnificently in, in South Africa with the Kookaburra, um, and I think he might have he might have sussed it out. Goffey helped him out by saying bowl faster, hit the ball, hit the deck harder. Um, you know that's your and so his numbers overseas will start to come down. And he mm. is, you know, he's 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 the natural successor with the new ball um, to to you know who. He whose name we will take. As well as being able to bat, you know. Yeah, we'll, we'll, yes, we'll get on to uh, him. Uh, yeah, Wokes, so Wokes' highest score uh, since his 100 at Lords, uh, And it's fair to say, you know, uh, no one's idea of a hero. Certainly with the bat, given his record over the last couple of years, I think a high score of 37 in something like 17 five. innings. Five in the last seven, I think, was it? Five yeah, yeah. in the last seven? Five, five in tests this year, I think, yeah. yeah. Um, and, uh, yes, um and coming in at number seven to, to spank it all around. And uh, Oz, if this wasn't quite sort of Gilchrist uh, at Hobart, um, it, it clearly is a, a, a big innings for Butler, given uh, well, it helped him swerve a fair bit of criticism that was coming his way for his keeping in, in this game. Um, I mean, the microscope has been on his batting, but um, in the first innings, Sharma sued uh, twice. Mm. Got away with uh, uh, chances on, I think, was it 45? Obviously went 45. on to yeah. 156. 2-1, two, two 45, um, and yeah. I, and I think he put down Yasser Shah as well yeah. in that innings, yeah. Um, so, uh, I mean, <laughs> all sorts of reasons uh, it was important for, for Butler to produce uh, on that final afternoon. Yeah, I mean, you know, one reason it wasn't, wasn't the Gilly Langer stand at, at Hobart was because Langer was goddamn out and they didn't give it. <laughs> <laughs> that, that, that's that's never gonna die for me. That that's always gonna burn. You know, there there wasn't an outrageous bit of injustice as there was in that test. Yeah, it was clear edge. 
what, what, the, the cricky back handle or something, wasn't it? That Langer used to talk about at the time. And then he finally yeah, admitted yeah. later that it was actually an edge. Elite, honestly, <laughs> my backside. Um, but, <laughs> but uh, uh, yeah, I mean, you know, I, I, I hadn't thought about it. I, I mean, I had thought that, yeah, Butler, what an innings to play, you know, coming in, playing for his career or whatever. Until Butch just now said that, well, you know, who was going to replace him? There's, there's, you know, they'd have to, like, bring somebody from, out, from outside the bubble who, hadn't, who hasn't played hardly anything. So maybe he yeah. wasn't really on his. Maybe he was more just the target and, ha- and knowing what to do and knowing that he needed to do exactly. He hasn't actually batted badly, which George pointed out. He, you know, his last, what, three innings, I think? So this one, the first innings of this test, which wasn't a bad innings, and the one before yeah. that against the West Indies, he's actually batted okay. Um, and his keeping in that great modern way is kind of, you know, it's, it's, it, doesn't, it doesn't mess you up. It doesn't, it, it's inobtrusive, it's, it stays out of the way, it just gets whatever needs to be done, it gets done. He's mostly been like that. You know, that wasn't an easy surface to keep on. Like Rizwan had, Rizwan had a really, really, really good game and it, yeah. and it stood out because of how good he was. Yeah. That was a difficult surface. You know, you have any other keeper in there. Safraz wouldn't have done it. Um, Adnan Akmal, anyone that Pakistan could pull out. I don't think anybody would have had the game that Rizwan had. And so... Yeah, but there was a couple of chances, you know, one, I think the, the Yasser Shah one was probably the easiest of the lot in that there was this, you know, the least kind of deflection off the edge. Um, the Shan Masood stumping, that ball bounced, right? I think it actually hit him on the shoulder, ultimately, when, mm, when he missed yeah. that stumping. It was pretty high. Um, so, you know, he, 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 he was all right. I, I don't think the keeping was that bad. It was only the pitch that made it look worse. But now, now, now Butch has said that nobody else would have replaced him anyway. I'm, I'm, not, I'm not sure how much pressure there was on him. Ben Folks is there, he is in, you know, he's in the squad, he's in the bubble, but again, he's not played a game, hasn't played a single no. game of cricket since, you know, God knows when the last time he, the, well, probably one of the practice games, right? Um, and, which is not to say that Ben Folks is not a fabulous keeper, and no, might at number seven score as many runs, um, as many runs as Josh Butler in the same amount of innings. Um, you know, in different circumstances, maybe he'd score more in the first innings. You know what I mean? Uh, mm. And and he's definitely a, he's definitely a better keeper. Um, however, Joss has just done exactly what he's in the side to do. Yeah. That exactly why England pick somebody like Joss Butler, somebody with the ability of Joss Butler, is because not because he's going to be infallible with the gloves, not because he's going to go out there and make you 60 or 70 every mm. time he walks to the middle, but because given half the chance to win you a test match, he'll win you a test match. And that's, and that's basically what's happened. Um, and he said, you know, he said at the end of, he, he did a terrific interview actually on the, on the radio where he just said, look, if I keep keeping like that, I won't keep my place. He said, it's not good yeah. enough. He said, it's not good enough. I know it's not good enough. I, we, the team needs better. I need to be better. Um, and, and therefore, you know, the, any criticism that was coming my way before the innings should still be there after it because it wasn't good enough. And, and that's kind of, that's another one of the reasons why they, the, the, the team um, and, the, and the management and everybody else love having him around because no, he doesn't hide from himself his own fallibility and he doesn't let anybody else do it either. Um, so look, I think those, uh, those fans of Ben Folks, of which I am one, um, of which many people are, those people who are not fans of Josh Butler um, or not fans of the batter wicketkeeper, um, you know, above above the, uh, the 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 true artist of a wicketkeeper. I'm just going to have to button it, I'm afraid, because he's in the team and he's staying there. End end off, mic drop. <laughs>
<laughs> Indeed, well, that has um, uh, that has put the, the lid on that um, section of the discussion. Um, there are there are one or two other things to uh, to to uh, move on to, and and other people in the squad is obviously it's a bit of a merry-go-round when it comes to scrutiny. We've we've alluded to him, um, J- Jimmy Anderson. Uh, he has actually spoken in the last couple of days as well, and there's been some talk. Uh, with relation to uh, Joss and Jimmy and, and Ben Stokes, who's left the party uh, to go and see his parents um, in New Zealand, but about the kind of more enlightened, um, empathetic dressing room that, that Joe Root has, is kind of overseeing. Um, Butler uh, talking uh, sort of frankly about knowing what he has to do and having the backing of his teammates and coaches and so on. Um, Jimmy Anderson, uh, so far this summer, six wickets at 41.16 um, and particularly came in for for, uh, uh, for that extra scrutiny after Old Trafford. Um, there was a, an, an unfortunate dropped catch uh, at the start of the second innings which has extended that run of, of uh, Anderson without second innings wickets which, which Butch touched upon uh, when we were last talking a couple of weeks ago. And this is, anyway, this is what Anderson had to say the other day. I, I didn't bowl that badly, but I feel like uh, in the second innings in particular, a chance went down and I let it get to me. Uh, I'm normally pretty good at thinking you've created a chance and that's a positive thing. Uh, it's obviously frustrating when a catch goes down, but if you're creating chances, you must be doing something right. Um, I let it get to me. I got too emotional. I wasn't bowling to the standards I set myself, but I just don't want every time I have a bad game for there to be whispers going around that I'm going to pack it in. Um, so clearly, uh, clearly, Butch, uh, Jimmy's been feeling it a little bit. Um, he said himself he hasn't been bowling at his best. Um, how do England uh, handle this manager's situation from here, do you think, to get you know, the best out of him for the, the rest of the summer? And then on into, as he says, he still wants to play into next year and, and the Ashes yeah, and so on. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's unbelievably difficult, isn't it? I mean, if there, if there, weren't, if there weren't other cabs banking up around the corner of the station, then you'd kind of go, well, it's not, it's no big deal. But the, mm. the, the facts of the matter are, every single time that England take the field at the moment, um, there are at least two bowlers sitting out who could reasonably claim to be playing. Um, and the only reason that all four of the, of the quicks played in this, in this last test just gone was because Ben Stokes was, was not fit enough to do the job himself. So you could reasonably say there are three people sitting out every test match who could reasonably expect to be playing um, and so and so you've got a problem haven't you you kind of the the, the pressure on you not to have a, an, an average game particularly if you are the kind of like the, the number one or ostensibly the number one um, and you're and you're 38 years old is kind of it's I've always said this you've got time to have to have a run of bad games at the age of 22 with a load of talent Joffre Archer's got time to have to have a run mm. of, of average-ish games because his, you know, his best is not here yet. As soon as you get beyond a point where, where, where your age becomes a, a factor, because, because everybody's does eventually, you kind of can't have you can't have runs of bad games. You can't have you can't have a situation appear whereby people are going, oh, I wonder if so and so might have done a better job in this circumstance now. It's the reason why I brought up the second innings things last thing last time, because second innings of matches, on on flattish pitches home or away, you need to be able to do two things. One of them is you have to be able to kind of hit the deck quite hard because the ball is up and down. Mm. Um, you kind of need to not really have to worry about the ball swinging because most of the time it won't because the pitch has got drier. 
So you see, the, so then it's going to be reverse, and in order for reverse to be to be effective, it's got to be above a certain MPH. Um, and so, you know, a lot of those things count against Jimmy now. You know what I mean? I think it's just, and I hate having, I hate saying this, I really do, but it's, but they're all kind of facts. Whereas, you know, the the whole Stuart Broad thing um, was was based. I don't even know what that was based upon when he when he was left out of that first game. You know, because none of those things apply to him. None of them. He's, he's tall. He's, he's generally around 85 miles per hour. He doesn't rely on the ball swinging. Um, all of those things are kind of like they keep him in the game from day one to day five. Whereas, at the, you know, now this this iteration of Jimmy, he's kind of like he's day one, day two. And then after that, if you want somebody to buy you some maidens, maybe excellent. If you want somebody to take you a five for him when you test match, he's not your guy anymore. Um, and that's just that's just time, I'm afraid. That's all. Oh, but who, well, who who would you who would you have had instead of Jimmy in that mm-hmm. test on that? Would Mark would have been the guy to? No, well, no, because I think if and this is all these are a lot of ifs involved in all yeah, this. Yeah, because of if, if Ben Stokes if Ben Stokes had been fit, um, actually, again, I was on the TV and asked a question sort of off the cuff, and I said, well, probably you'd probably go Broad, Anderson, Archer, right, mm. leaving out Wokes mm. who'd taken a fifer, and then when we got off air, I kind of thought about it and thought that. Well, I think that's what they would do, but what I would do that's is probably a bit harsh on that. <laughs> yeah, no, but but I think that's what the selectors would have done. But I think what I might have done was was go Jimmy sit this one out. We're going to go Broad Wokes Archer. That's you know plus mm. the, plus the spinner plus Ben Stokes. But that went out the window as soon as Ben couldn't bowl. That decision didn't have to didn't have to be made. Um, and again, you know, if you you cut. Ben's now out of the picture, so England are going to have to find four seamers from somewhere. They're, going to, they're not going to want to go in with just the three, um, which is interesting because I still think that as a, as a captain, which is veering off subject a tiny little bit, as a captain, sometimes if you have too many fast bowling options all in, in the side, you kind of like, you start throwing the ball to people just to give them their five or six overs rather than pinpointing mm. it down as to what you need and who you need to do it at, at a certain time. But I suspect what will happen is that, that England will pick, Crawley will come back into the team um, and England will try and figure out a way of, of juggling the bowling attack. Well, they might even think about leaving out the spinner, which I think will, will be a mistake. But I, you um, know, I, I, I only <laughs> ask the question because I, I, I would look at it from the point, having never played international cricket in my life, I would look at it from the point of view of the opposition mm. on whether or not they would, in England, on whether or not they would face Jimmy Anderson in the side. Um, mm. and, and I reckon most teams, maybe, maybe Australia or, or, or slightly stronger sides, might be like okay, we don't mind, but I, I think if you if you put that question to Pakistan, if you put that question to the West Indies earlier this season, yeah, they would said, well, we'd rather we'd rather face an England side without Jimmy Anderson in England. We'd rather face, uh, you know, we, we'd be happier to not face him. Yeah. Um, and but but the point about you know how he starts the match and how he finishes it is absolutely valid. I mean, he was unlucky when when Pakistan batted really well on that first day. You know, he yeah. beat he beat Shan Masood <clears throat> inside out, God knows how many times in that opening spell, and and he did take mm. that one, but. He gets that wicket, he gets a few more in that first innings, Pakistan, crumble, and then his second innings doesn't really matter, doesn't really come into it, does it? No. I, I only noticed that no. he was looking a bit flat, I think when he came on for one of his later spells in the second innings, when mm. he was bowling a bit too straight, I think, he started bowling a little bit too straight, and Pakistan really didn't have many runs on, but I think Asad Shafiq played him relatively mm. easily. And that's the only time I felt, oh, okay, is Anderson looking a little bit off here? Mm. Um, so yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, you know, you're right that at that age, no matter how you do, the one day that you don't do it, 
is the day that they're all go- they're, they will start asking questions. <laughs> and yeah, you yes. don't, and, it, and it's not even a question so much of having replacements as England do or having options to go to. It's, it's just the fact that, okay, you know, you're now 38 and you bowled a three-over spell that went for 17 runs and he didn't really do anything. That th- as George wrote, I think, one of the, uh, on one of the days earlier, you know, that three-over spell shouldn't count for anything, but you're 38 now, so it's going to start counting. Uh, unfortunately, that's just the way it is. That, that's life, I guess. It's, mm. it's bad, but, you know, that, that's how it goes. And, uh, and also, I mean, I'll just throw it out there that, that they weren't gonna they weren't gonna be bowling using the same bowling attack in 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 consecutive test matches, and that as much as anything that was that was in order to give Jimmy you know one off in between you know one mm. off in between, so that, that they might rest him for the next one anyhow. I mean, probably yeah. over his dead body now after after not having a great second. You know, he'll he'll, he'll He'll be in the diary room kicking off like Brody if if, if that happens this time. Well, but you know, that's the thing, isn't I don't it? think it's, uh, it's not unreasonable for people to be having this conversation. It just it's just not. Yeah. Well, I mean, England sort of um, committed in advance to this idea that they'd be rotating and giving people rest all mm. through uh, this, you know, very truncated uh, um, summer six tests in seven weeks. You've now got a situation where um, Stokes isn't going to be around. Archer, Broad, Wokes. Um, and Anderson have all played, I think, two in a row, uh, and they've all played mm. um, three out of four. So mm. if you're <laughs> committed to that uh, sort of strategy of rest and rotation, then someone probably has to be rested or, or rotated in the next game. Um, but if you <clears> do that, then <laughs> potentially, uh, you know, you bring in Wood or you bring in Ollie Robinson. Um, but it's got to be sensitively handled, hasn't it, from, from what we've seen of uh, those decisions so far? Yeah, and also, I mean, you know, you you came within you came within another wicket or another another grenade ball of of losing the first test match of the series again mm. um, against yep. the Pakistan team that that you know will we'll, on another on another day will bury you, you know. Um, so you, you could go into that. You can go to well, we'd like to rotate, but I think we'd probably, especially now with Ben gone, we're probably going to pick whatever we think our absolute strongest team is. Try and win the series in the first match of this and then worry about who we rest and rotate in the last one. And, you know, in which case, Jimmy might very well be, be in that side. Um, and, and it wouldn't surprise me if they got down to the Aegeus Bowl and even though I, even though I saw it spin um, down there in those, in those one-day internationals, they go, you know what we're going to do? We're going to play all, all the quicks and leave out the spin, <laughs> like, they did in, like they did in Johannesburg um, mm. at the Wanderers. And just go, look, Pakistan have played, have played, played the off-spinner pretty well. Um, our off spinner's pretty green. He's not, you know, it's not like we're leaving out Yassir, and we'll cut our losses and and, and just go for a, a seventy over a day um, no. in the heat, all pace attack. <laughs> <laughs> With a thirty-eight-year-old in there as well. Yeah, well, we can, if you've if you've got yes, five yeah. seamers, you can play you can play a forty-seven-year-old if you want. <laughs> He's not gonna have to bowl that much. Well, as you say, it's happened to Don Best before. Um, I'm sure it, uh, if. Um, Butler taking a couple of those catches in in um, uh, Manchester, then his uh, case might be a little bit stronger. Um, before we move on, uh, just briefly uh, talking about England's pace attack, Jofra Archer, um, al- always kind of um, a talking point. Uh, he himself kind of um, made a few comments during during the test. I think after the. Uh, first uh, or second day when saying it wasn't a pitch to to bend your back on um, and there was a lot of lot of scrutiny of his pace being sort of mid 80s again uh, I think he's spoken in his in his Daily Mail column this week about it's it's hard to bowl 
90 miles an hour all the time. Um, and that's understandable. He's, he's had an elbow injury too. Um, but uh, again, um, just that's a tricky management um, uh, issue for England, uh, Butch. Yeah, I mean, I, I wish he hadn't. I wish he hadn't have opened his mouth, you know, because <laughs> the, the, the very next day, the seventeen-year-old, we'll call him seventeen for the for the sake of the show, um, you know, runs up and, and bowls ninety miles an hour every ball, and they've only got a three-man pace attack. You know, all of these things, all of these things are very much dependent on the circumstances you find yourself in. If you are one of four fast bowlers, right, and you are capable of bowling very, very quickly, then I would suggest that your job, as one of four knowing that you're not going to get through 30 overs in a day is to bowl very, very quickly. You know, that, that's, and that's just... If he was one of three and he had to go up and down the gears a little bit depending on the situation of the game, then he's absolutely right. But this, this kind of speaks of the, the, the lack of experience um, that he has in international cricket. As one of four, if you're the fastest, you bowl fast. That, that's it, you know. And you certainly don't go out there and say it's not a pitch to bend your back on and then watch a bloke run in above the speed of light the next day and <laughs> hit people on the head and have people, you know, explode one off Ollie Pope in, the, in that first innings, etc., etc. You just, that's just daft. Um, I, I feel like... And he's learning, I think he's learning the hard way about, sort of the, you know, he's made two massive errors in this thing now. And there's a lot of goodwill, particularly from me, um, towards Joff. The, the, the mistake about going home, I mean... Pick your moments to be to be a buffoon. That really wasn't one of them. And the and, and, and then saying it's not a pitch to bend your back on as, as one of four. You know, the, PR the man, please, someone. <laughs> I, I, I give, feel give like... me my number. <laughs> <laughs> no, I feel he, he he said in a column today as well, right? I think he said that you know you can't expect yeah. me to bowl ninety miles. I feel like he 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 kind of has a point. One, he is much more than just a really quick bowler. I think I, I think mm. we we've kind of pigeonholed him into being the pace brute and he's not he's he's much more than just a fast he's a really really good bowler he he mm. has a lot of skills at his at his disposal and he's used them i think um his dismissal i think his dismissal of abid ali for example which it, it was beautifully crafted there was pace to it of course but he, you know he bowled somebody through the gate with a ball that moved in as well um and there's some skill involved with that i feel like he's and maybe he's feeling it as well now i feel like He's been pigeonholed into the, just the guy who's going to go out there and bowl you 90 miles an hour. It's not possible. Nassim Shah is a young guy, um, and he was actually his workload was handled pretty well by Azhar ultimately because there, there is you know there are concerns over how he how much he bowls. I think you know he, he was handled very well, and his average speed I think that second was about 86, 87, mm-hmm. which is something that Joffre probably hits anyway, I would think. But I and I, I felt what he said in the, during the test match came out of a, a, a position of defensiveness because he feels like maybe he has been picked on a little bit about the whole pace issue and you know the questions of his commitment and, and his character and stuff mm. like that I, I feel like he sounds like it's getting to him a little bit yeah, um, yeah. which suggests which is, to me that maybe it's not being handled that well I, I don't know maybe it is you know, I mean, I, I'm I sure think, it probably I, is I think they are they are very very aware of the need to of the need to kind of uh, to handle him at the, with with a lot of care in the management, I'm not I'm not laying any blame at the door of, of the ECB on this one at all, um, or Danny Rubin or, or the or the other guys in that uh, in that setup because they um, they know. I just think that he, being as young as he is, kind of is 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 perhaps a little bit too honest for his own good and and, and ought to ought to perhaps just just get on just get on with playing. You know. I mean, just would would on... people say would would people ask the same question of Mark Wood, for example, who's another quick bowler, if his if his pace was flagging over a second spell um, yeah. 
Would they? I guess they would. I, I guess no, they no, would. I, th- I think they probably would. But the thing is, they that's the accusation that's been laid at Joffre's door pretty much every single test match he's played beyond the beyond the the Ashes test at Lords. It's happened every game, rightly or yeah. wrongly. Yeah. Every single game. Which is tough he suffers him. from he suffers he suffers from the fact that he kind of that he makes it look so damn easy to hit that speed, you know. So it's always like if it isn't ninety miles an hour then he's not trying hard enough. Yeah. Um, which yeah. which if you play the game you know is not is not the case. Um but you know, and yeah. I think the word you used, defensive, is is the word is the right word. I think perhaps just don't be defensive about it. You know, keep your counsel on that. Go out there and do the business. Do the you know do do what you've got to do. Because mm. you're right, he's he's taking fifers in test matches, dialing it down to to, to low eighties and moving the ball around. So he's, yeah. he can do all yeah. of that stuff. Um, but again, he's kind of in in the attack that England had. He's one of four. You've got. Jimmy to, to sort of to, to finesse the ball around a little bit. You've got Brody who's who's similar but taller. You've got Chris Wokes who's similar but taller. They're all they're all almost an amalgamation of the same of the same thing. And so in that bowling attack, you kinda need Joff to do that to do the other thing. But then That's uh, all. didn't That's didn't all. Root what, what was it on the second day after lunch when Root didn't bowl him for like was it the entire session or much of the session? Mm. Uh, he didn't get a yeah, look in, the, and he started off that session with ball, himself and Bess, right? And, uh, yeah, and, and well, Joffre yes, was just yeah, kind yeah. of. So I, I don't know if, if you know, from going to <laughs> overusing him to maybe not using him when what? he could have been used. I, I wonder if that's just an issue of how they're using him and how, how again, they're seeing again, whether that's, that that goes right the way back to the beginning of the pod where I was sort of saying, mm. but sometimes as a captain, when you have all of those options, yeah. Do you know what I mean? Sometimes it's yeah, a damn you give sight. everyone. It's, it's, yeah. Sometimes it's a damn sight easier just to have three, and you, yeah, and yeah, you, you know, and you and you kind of everybody gets through their their amount of overs, and they can yeah. only bowl for so long, and so you swap them in and out with the use of a spinner. As soon as you have four, and then in the second innings, England had five, didn't they? Because Stokes bowled as yeah, well. Yeah, Stokes bowled as you know, well. Yeah, yeah. You've got plus a spinner, plus everything else. Sometimes it, it sometimes it confuses the hell out of you as a captain to have as many <laughs> options as England do. <laughs> Uh, well, I was going to say we should get Alexis to, to throw an arm around uh, Joffre, but that's easier said than done in these biosecure uh, test match times. Um, moving on, Pakistan, Oz. Uh, they won the toss. They avoided making Jason Holder's mistake uh, and chose to bat. They put up a, a good score. Uh, Shah Massoud scored a, a pretty immaculate 156. Um, they rolled England over. You know, we had Mohammed Abbas's ball, ball of the century to Ben Stokes. Um, mm-hmm. Nassim was uh, was touching ninety uh, and knocking heads off whenever the opportunity arose. I mean, things there were things that went well and things that Pakistan can take into the, into this next Test match and you know and the, and the series which is still alive, of course. Yeah, absolutely. I think you know the the, the thing about what a lot of us were saying once once Pakistan lost this. The thing they don't want to get into is what they do quite often, which is once you lose a close first test of a series, then they just disintegrate. And, you know, the number of times they've been... They've lost seven tests in a row outside of, of the UAE or Pakistan now. Um, you know, they, they, they were whitewashed in, in South Africa. They lost 2-0 in Australia. Um, if you go back to 2016, um, against... Um, who was it? Uh, 2016... Well, they, uh, no, sorry. they did okay in England then, but not... <laughs> they did okay in England. But, you know, what, what they do... So, so uh, against, against South Africa on their last tour there, they, you know, they, they, they were close. They pushed them close in that first test. But once they'd lost it, 
disintegrated. They did it in Australia in 2016, sorry, at the end of 2016, when, you know, they, they had that amazing chase at the GABA. Um, and, and for one and a half days at the MCG, they held on to Australia. But once things started going against them, they just fell apart. And, that, and that's the thing that they're going to have to guard against, which, you know, I, I guess it's going to be a test of Azhar, Azhar's captaincy and Mizbah's coaching, to be frank. Um, the other questions, I think, would be around Azhar himself, his batting. Not just Azhar, but a guy who gets away with gets away with not getting enough praise sometimes when he should, and definitely with, with the scrutiny that he should when he does fail, is Asad Shafiq. Um, you know, those two together, everyone knows that they haven't really gone on like they should have done after Ms. and Yunus retired, you know, and, and it's not just that they haven't gone on, but they've regressed. Uh, Azhar certainly has regressed. Asad Shafiq has become kind of, he, he kind of slips away during big moments in games. Uh, and, you know, some people say that he might have, all, he might have always done that. And that, you know, he, he'll, come up, he'll come up in the last test of a series and score 100 when the series is gone and maybe sometimes when the match is gone. And that kind of makes his numbers okay, not great. But he's played now the most tests consecutively for, for Pakistan than any other Pakistan player ever. And ever. You know, so we're looking at guys like Imran Khan. We're looking at guys like Wasim Makram. We're looking at all the legends of the game. And he's now played 70-something tests consecutively for Pakistan. He's averaging 38. Um, and that average, you know, the highest it touched was maybe 43. Uh, so you, you kind of start to wonder, okay, at, at what point are Pakistan going to make that really big call and say to both Azhar and Asad that, okay, look, you guys haven't really gone on and we've got other guys who we want to at least try, who may not be knocking down the doors, but we at least want to try them. Um, Fuad Alam, as one guy, <laughs> who, you know, you, you've wasted the best part of his best, you know, of this amazing first-class career by not giving him a go at any point. He's, he's in the squad. He probably won't even play the next test still. Um, Haris Sohail chose to opt out of the store, but, you know, there, there, there is maybe some evidence on the back of his white ball performances, at least, that he could fill a hole in your test side. At some point, gonna have, they're, they're going to have to ask themselves, that, you know, how long are we going to persist with Azhar and Asad for? Um, and, you know, uh, Asad was looking good in that second innings, but then got run out. And he, and he does this time and time again, finds ways to get out. Bowlers find ways to get him out. Um, when he's looking, he, he'll never look out of form. He'll never look bad. Um, he'll, he'll always look pretty good until he gets out. And, you know, he gets out at around 38 if his career average is anything to go by, which, you know, if he's one of your main batsmen, that's probably not enough. Um, so those two, yeah, Pakistan are going to have to look at. And then I think the biggest call will be on who they actually play, whether they drop Shadab, um, depending on what the pitch looks like at Southampton. But that's going to be the big question because, you know, Shadab, for me, um, I, he probably holds his place in that batting lineup on his batting alone. Um, I know he got out to a bad shot in that first innings, but he's actually a decent batsman. Um, and he's become a better player over this last year. And the options that Pakistan have without him are, one, I guess you play Fawad Alam, but then you do lose the, 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 the buffer of a few overs out of Shadab. Uh, maybe not as many, but, you know, a, a few overs out of Shadab in, in, an, in an attack, which I still, I feel... Just having seen them operate with a four-man pace, a four, three-man pace attack and one leg spinner for such a long time, I just feel like that attack is going to fall apart at any one time. I don't, I don't think, you know, the guys, Nassim is young. Um, I don't know if they can hold the load of one really big score in innings. You know, one really big innings that England put together, if they can put that together. But I just feel like, you know, three, three pacers and one leg spinner, it's just not enough. They need to have an all-round option in there. And if that's Shadab, Shadab got a couple of wickets. You know, I know they were tail-end wickets, but he came in and he did a job in that first inning. They needed wickets at that time. England were... were a, a second top scorer as well. 
Yeah, I, the batting I don't have an issue with, but you know they needed <laughs> they needed to clean up that tail uh, yeah. in that little annoying period when Broad and all was scoring runs, and he came on and did it. Um, I just feel like it, it's a call that I, I feel like they might get wrong in the second test and for the wrong reasons. They might not pick him um, because they feel Ashadab, you know, he didn't do much in the second innings. But I just feel like they're going to have to think really carefully about how they, they, form, they formulate that attack uh, for this next test. I mean, Butch, you, you always um, back having a spinner, but uh, is having two leg spinners, is, is that taking it too far? It's, it's reasonably luxurious, yeah. <laughs> um, it is, but but you know, it, it, he was the, he was kind of there. He's in the in the time to to clean up the tail. Unfortunately, they didn't get quite to the tail in the second innings. Um, and he you know, and he made forty five handy runs, didn't he, in that in that first innings? I mean, if I think if Pakistan have got somebody that they reckon might might be able to score you a hundred bang at number six, then they're better off playing him. Yeah, but they haven't. Well, I don't think. No, well, they, that's so, a sad, so that, that's a sad yeah. isn't it? Who's got the best <laughs> best record at number six since uh, since Sobers or something since like that? Sobers, more more yeah. hundreds uh, mm. there, yeah. Yeah, so, yeah. Uh, it fits someone in the order above him. So it's it, it's a bit of an issue. It is a bit. Of I mean, issue. what they've lost, what Pakistan have lost, especially from the last time they were here, 2018. You guys will remember they played Asad. Uh, sorry, uh, they played Shadab Khan and Fahim Ashram together. Fahim, uh, uh, and you know, so what what they haven't done in that time since is really develop either of them properly. Mickey Arthur wanted to develop them such that he would have Fahim as an option in places like England and Australia and South Africa, and Shadab as an option in the UAE or Pakistan. Uh, you know, because where, where you would need a second spinner sometimes. Mm-hmm. Being Pakistan, they haven't done either. <laughs> uh, Fahim is only now in the Test squad, but he's not been used in this Test series so far, and his batting has probably fallen so far down that, you know, they, they cannot play him at eight, pretty much. You know, he, he's, a great, he's a great seam bowling option, and I think he'd be good in England, but I don't think his batting is there. You know, I, I don't think they feel his batting is much different to say, to say Yasser Shah's, really, right now. Um, and Yasser Shah's a guy, you know, who, who goes out there and he gives it a go, and if, he gets, if, if it comes off, it comes off. If it doesn't, it doesn't. Whereas last time, Fahim and Shadab effectively, you know, made the, put, put on the partnership that helped you win that Lord's Test. He scored runs against Ireland in that test win as well. Um, if, if they had worked on those two as the way they should have done, you know, we, we would have been in a different position now. But now they've kind of, you know, they've hamstrung themselves and it's, and it's completely Pakistan to have done this. They've, they've hamstrung themselves into not getting the best of either and now having to make do with Sardab, who's probably a better test batsman, but his bowling has fallen down. Uh, and, and Fahim, who's probably bowling okay, but his batting is falling down to, you know, to, to just be a number nine or ten. Or whatever, and they can't afford to have another one of those in their side right now. Talking of having too many options as captain, uh, Shadab only bowled 11, 11 overs, uh, I think, in that uh, as the as the the, the second uh, spinning option. So, um, mm. yeah, uh, so, something not quite coming together there um, with the plan. But Oz, uh, for this for for Southampton, obviously uh, depends on. Conditions and, and how the pitch looks and so on. I mean, do, what do you think Pakistan will do? And then what do you? Uh, what would you do in terms of uh, <laughs> should it, bringing in Fawad and strengthening the batting be a uh, you know one? Uh, that that would be quite a, a misbah thing to do. It, it would be a misbah thing to do, I think, to strengthen the batting. Um, and you know, I mean, the way the team is set up right now, you probably you, you you can't have like a strong opinion against that either. You really can't. Um, 
I, I, my, my own personal fear, like I said before, is just that I, I don't know if that a four-man attack is enough for Pakistan. I, I feel like a four-man attack is just a bit light. Um, these are bowlers, uh, uh, Abbas aside, these are bowlers who are not used to bowling long spells still. They're really young, man. Like even Nassim, yeah. Nassim however old he is, you know, he's still really young. <laughs> Shaheen Shah is still really young. It's only in the last year, last six months, that Shaheen has come along as a, as a, as a fast bowler, you know, a, a test cricket fast bowler, a test fast bowler. Um, and I just feel like three, three of them, Abbas in the middle and, and Yasser, is just light. You're leaving yourself a little light. They need to have another bowling option in that. Um, you know, mm-hmm. not that England's batting has been the strongest batting lineup. No, uh, but, uh, of late. Oz, that's it. They will in the in the in the three Test match series. They will get 400, 400 in one exactly. of these games. They exactly, will. exactly. And you don't you don't want to be on the back end of that in the second Test that you have to win to keep the series alive. You just don't want to be on the back end of that, which yeah. is my gut. So you know, if Misbah is doesn't play to type, then he goes with maybe the same composition that they have and and hopes it comes good this time. Um, but if he does then I think he says, okay, we need to strengthen our batting. And, you know, l- listen, Pakistan's batting, they could have had eight batters, eight specialist batters, and they still would have collapsed in the same way that they did because it's something that they have done. <laughs> they've done it in the past. You know, it's, it's, you know, you laugh, but it's something that they do. And they've done it whether, whether with Mizbah and Yunus in the side, whether without Azhar or one of us, Azhar and Asad in the side, whether with seven specialist batters, they've done it before. It, it's not, ultimately, it doesn't come down to how many batsmen they have. Ultimately, it comes down to just the way they are in these situations. You know, they, they're not ruthless. They're the furthest thing from ruthless. As, as George said in a play, what is the opposite of ruthless? Ruthful? You know, whatever they are. In those situations, they don't drive home an advantage. It was a really simple thing that they had to do on that third day, and they didn't do it. And they, and they not only didn't do it, but they fluffed it up in the most spectacular way, which is the way they do do it. Um, so, you know, he, he's got to balance all these things out. I would say go with the same, pretty a, a similar composition, I would say. Go with that and, and, and see how you go this time. And, just, and make sure if you're in a position of some advantage, that you don't balls it up this time like you did last time. <laughs> <laughs> don't don't ever change Pakistan. That's what we're saying. Um, and uh, Butch, from the English perspective, um, Crawley Crawley back in and, and keep the six and five balance. Do you think? Uh, well, yeah, I, I don't think they've got very many options on that score, have they? Um, <laughs> well, uh, other, no. other than other than changing personnel, but uh, no, and, and the, no, the I mean the they've is... called they've called up another they've called up another medium fast bowler, haven't they? Um, yeah, Ollie, Ollie lost, Robinson's in the squad. Having, yeah, and... having lost their uh, having lost their number four batsman. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yeah, their best and and, Dan, and and their backup um, number four in Dan Lawrence, who is uh, not in the squad because of a bereavement now. Yeah, so, uh, yeah. I mean the Ollie the Ollie Robinson Robinson thing's a really interesting one, isn't it? Because I couldn't I just couldn't work that out. That was announced sort of very quietly in the sort of day day three day four whatever it was again. Don't know what day it is. Um, <laughs> At some at, point at, in the past, at some 10 point days. in the past, <laughs> yes. <10 days>. Um, <laughs> and I'm and you kind of thinking, well, what's that for? I mean, they, they already had you know Sam Curran, Mark Wood, mm. sitting that Test match out. So bringing Ollie Robinson in, does he leapfrog those? I mean, what are they bolstering the area of their of their of their absolute strength at the moment? <laughs> it's like you know, yeah. yeah. It's, 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 some somebody what was that operation the operation where they kind of they managed to convince 
um, convince Hitler that they were coming in somewhere else. You know, they're kind of like they're, they're, they're building up their defences in one place and the attack is arriving somewhere else. This is some sort of Maginot line. That's right. It's really, yeah, they're, they're kind of, they're saying to Pakistan, oh, look, we've got, we're weak in the bowling department. Don't look yes. at our batting. Don't look yeah. at it. Keep your eyes away from it. Um, <laughs> Uh, so yeah, I don't, I don't understand that. But anyway, it all will be revealed. But I think the, the only option they've got is for Crawley to come back into the side and bat three, Joe Root to go back down to four. Then they're missing a, you know, a Ben. St- you know, Ollie Pope will stay at five, which means Butler stays at six, Woke stays at seven. I guess. Mm. I guess. No, 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 Joe Denley recall. Joe's Joe's in the bu- in the white ball bubble now, preparing preparing for get for your bubbles cup. right. Preparing for a World Cup three years from now at the age of thirty-four. Actually, so, I think he's got know. he got got a back spasm, didn't he? So he did, uh, he, yeah. did he did, he did, he did. Well, it's the only reason the only reason Sam Billings managed to have a sort of a you know a, 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 to get a proper um, go at re- resurrecting his very long and very lucrative career as an international cricketer was because Joe Denley got a back back spasm before the first one international. Otherwise, Billings wouldn't have made the uh, the couple of fifties that he made in that uh, in that mm. series. So. So no, in other words. <laughs> there we go. Yeah, <clears throat> we're back to uh, trying to fathom the unfathomable, um, mm. and probably still left out of our depth. Just a couple of days ago, <laughs> and we'll uh, we'll have to get strapped in once again. Mm-hmm. England haven't beat Pakistan mm. in a series since two thousand and ten. Uh, remember, so don't imagine for a minute things will run smoothly. We'll be back for another debrief next week. Until then, my thanks to Butch and Oz. And to you all for tuning in to the Switch It podcast on ESPNCrickInfo.com. Mm-hmm.